0: right
1: okay um so if everyone can speak into the mic mm-hmm.
2: jay also uh-huh. okay. i was asked to ask you to talk louder
1: who said that
2: i don't know i can't remember <laughs> you're lying no i'm not Save you're saying you know what it is you know what i think happens sometimes you'll be saying something and then you, you know because I, I don't yeah I, and, and then I think that's what happens
1: can you ask this person where they were listening to my voice? Were they, like, you know, by a train or <laughs> in traffic somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> but the,
3: no, they They're were, like... They were, like, I can't balance the levels to the trains that are by Right. Man. The yeah.
2: other yeah. thing, I mean, think about it. They were basically saying, Melanie, what you say is irrelevant. I want to hear Jay, and I can't hear the person that I want to hear.
3: I think it was a direct challenge to, to you. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, to you. And yeah. they, they gave you this feedback, I suppose, to me. So. Well, I was
2: in the space for them to give it. Also, okay. I met a couple people at the event I was at um, mm-hmm. this weekend who were like, I listen to the podcast. I'm like,
0: oh, that's what's that's up. Cool. Yeah, same, and I didn't know this person.
1: Same thing with the UBW um, show here at Brick. Um, mm-hmm. I had a few friends come up and they were like, hey, I listen. And it's so like, I Yo. feel like it's really covert for dancers to like come up to me and tell me that they're because it doesn't feel really exuberant. It feels very like, hey,
3: yeah, I listen to it's your like podcast. It's like a little secret. <laughs> right, uh, it's little secret. I'm
1: like, no, li- tell people. Like yeah, make yeah. people listen. I will speak up. Um, I will project... <laughs>
2: Well, if you're going to do that, can you turn my headphones
1: down? Sure. Um, this is you. Is that better? Was that better?
2: Yeah. Oh, okay. now I can't hear myself. Sorry. Okay, can you just... <laughs> I don't know. Let's talk about sex, baby. void the topic cuz that ain't going to stop it. Now we talked about facts on the radio and video show. Many we know anything goes. Let's tell it like it is and how it could be. How it was and of course how it should be.
1: What's been happening for the podcast in the past oh since 2019 I started. Mm-hmm. I started a new game on um, where I challenged Melanie and our guests to guess the name of the uh television show that I'm going to sing or say the lyrics to the theme song to. Okay. That's very convoluted. I'm going to find a quicker elevator pitch way to say it. But it's like a game. And it's the rules are a little different because some some theme songs are really easy for uh-huh. you to figure out as soon as I start the melody. So going to be so bad at this. You know what I mean?
0: Okay. So, I just um, want
2: you to know that I never agreed to play. It's just been, again, which is great that we're talking about cons- consent. Consent. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, and yet it continues to be something that I'm somehow participating mm-hmm. in.
1: But you enjoy it.
2: Yeah, when it's done. But I always, <laughs> every time you start this, I can feel like I, I revert, like I go back to this space, place like, of d- disdain. Uh-huh. So we shall see.
1: D- disdain? Disdain,
2: though? not disdain. I look, can I just say, I told you, I'm lethargic and I'm sleepy. Yes, you are. Yes, so you are. So, words.
1: I'm going to just start at as, as a different point, not the beginning of the theme, song. Okay. just in it. Okay. Not getting hassled, not getting hustled, keeping your head above water making a way when you can
2: Temporary layoffs good times
0: Temporary layoffs Good times Easy credit and rip Good times Scratch it and survive it Good times
1: hey. Ah, Yes uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the first try. I would have
3: been grasping and grasping <laughs> and grasping.
1: I don't know that part. So I, as soon as I would have got the temporary layoffs, I would so
3: you temporary layoffs. <laughs> I know.
1: Okay. Got all
3: right. Good time, You
1: got this. So you hate it. And then you You're won.
3: like, I hate this game. I know the answer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is exactly kind of how it
2: goes.
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay, thank you for winning that round. You are really like four for five right now.
2: We don't keep track. <laughs> so
1: so that means from here on out it's going to be much more difficult.
2: No, I'm, stop it. I'm
1: moving off the black ones, and I'm moving to the general population um, theme songs now. So just let you know that, oh, no, I'll move off the black ones in March.
2: So Can get, I give you a non-black one just really quick? Yeah, go ahead. Try me. Great. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to actually leave out some words because the word is part. Yeah, no, okay. Yeah, that's okay. okay, so we for both of you. Yeah.
0: Okay.
2: Might solve a mystery or rewrite. Oh. No, 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 wait. Sarah can no, do no, this. No, no, no. Max, Max, Max no. <laughs> yes. Actually, no. Let's give it a minute. Okay. I won't tell. <laughs> but
0: I, I know I'm how cheating. excited that I, I you. you are cheating
1: so much.
2: <laughs> I'm writing the rules here as I go along. <laughs> I'm just astounded that I know. Right. Or rewrite history. Woo-woo-woo. <laughs> Every day, we're out there making blank. A woo-woo. Tales of daring, do bad, and good luck tales. A woo-woo. <laughs> Who is seen there? A <laughs> woo-woo. <laughs> All right, Max, tell me. Duck tales. A woo-woo.
1: Oh wow! Yeah, no, I never watched that. Isn't
2: that coming back? They're doing. Like, I think roommate. so. I think this so. is why I've I've been wanting to do this for a while Are now. Excited? <laughs> okay. Well,
1: look at that! Look at me losing. <laughs> okay, I'm also going to say this. Also, I would appreciate. No, that's rude because I just gave you a song. That was right. so
3: satisfying. I was going to say. <laughs> now you're in. Now you know yeah, why it's yeah. great. I was um, going to
1: ask you to do songs that I would have been alive for to like watch, but then I realized that good times. Neither one of us were alive for that. Uh huh. So that okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. You I didn't don't. Know. Did you watch DuckTales? No, and then come on Saturday morning cartoons when I was growing up. They were done. They were like considered old.
2: There's a stranger How out you? to find you.
1: I'm 26.
3: I'm 26. Oh,
2: to awesome. the DuckTales. Oh, I don't know the rest. DuckTales. I can't
3: sing so. Ducktails, That's how it goes. <laughs>
2: ducktails. <No.
3: laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate the soul you just added in there. Improvised DuckTales <laughs> yes,
2: solos.
1: ducktails.
0: <laughs> <laughs> DuckTales. Oh
1: my goodness. Okay, okay, okay. <clears throat> Welcome back to the Dance Junior Podcast, where we talk about the eager, early, earnest, earthly, earthy, and easy, easygoing life of a dance artist. My name is Jay Bowie.
2: And I'm the ecstatic Melanie. You know, every time you do this, <laughs> it makes me want to just be really short. But That's cool.
0: And, and this is,
2: j- oh, the dance, dance. podcast of the union.
1: Of the union.
2: We are the past cause. Are
1: we part of the union? We, we will should be instead of the federate the confederate
2: who
3: knows okay
1: confederate c all right and we are joined in the studio by an amazing artist can you please introduce yourself
3: hi i'm max capacity what? hey 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 Max eh? hey. yes. thanks hey. for
2: having me What's good? thanks for being here yeah, yeah being i'm excited here. for this and being hydrated i got my um, eye on look. your coffee mm-hmm. cup it's get tea. My water out. i mean teacup <laughs> i mean i can see I'm it on. dangling out the side <laughs> and I'm still, because what i want
3: right is, is some coffee I nation. Yes, Oh, Max, mm-hmm. you have to tell us your pronouns, please. Uh, I use they, them, and their pronouns. Yes. How Don't about you? What do y'all use? Well, Max, if you listen to the podcast, you like my spot
0: instantly.
2: <laughs> instantly, I am she/her. She it. like my... She/her. Okay. Yes. Um,
1: I am pronoun inclusive, so all Great. of them. Um, I just realized I left all of my water at the t- the place I was teaching. Oh, no. It's really sad. And it's all because some, uh, some of the students started getting a fight, so I didn't really get to, like, pack up oh, initially. No. It was, like, a good, like, what do you call that?
2: Court. Um, Quart, Leader. quarter.
1: A, a liter and a half of water. Mm-hmm. And I just filled it up. So, um, uh, do we have... Oh, no, no, no. How's everyone doing today? How's, How's that?
2: I, as I've said, I'm a little bit lethargic, lethargic. And I, instead of trying to change it, I'm just going to sit in it for a
3: bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. That sounds yeah. good. Be who you are. Yeah. I'm yeah. doing good. I've been sick, so I'm a little still cloudy-headed and right. um, having emergency dental surgery tomorrow. Whoa. <laughs> so, like, oh. not yeah. fun. But I'm excited to be here rather than where I'm going to be tomorrow. Yes, so. yes.
1: Where are you? Um, <sighs> what medicines were you on?
3: I'm on antibiotics right now. Sorry. Yeah. yeah it's cool. It's not fun. No. Are you also
2: taking, like, doing probiotics to sort of count? I'm in? eating a lot of yogurt. Yep. Yeah. yeah. They don't really tell you that, and that's exactly they what don't. we need to do when we're on antibiotics. Mm-hmm. Is
1: to rebiotic.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Duh. <laughs> it makes perfect sense, but yeah, like
2: why did they tell us that? They're just like, oh, so you might get nauseous, dehydrated, constipated,
3: yeah, sick. Instructions. Yeah, just take this. Yeah, just take this. Thing. No.
1: Um, Max, can I have you bring the mic a little bit closer for some I just noticed that we are louder. How about than you that? Are. There. Oh, that's go. great. Yeah, tip to tip. Tip, tip. tip to tip. Um, this feels very erotic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So you are ready. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm always ready. Yeah. I think,
2: Stay ready. How am
1: I today? I'm fine. It's, it's warm out, oddly. So I'm kind yeah. of like both happy about it and like feeling like, oh, the world's going to end. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah.
3: Should not be warm. Not not. this kind of warm, But I also feel like there's something, maybe it is actually warm, I haven't looked at the temperature, but like where it gets so cold and once that happens in winter, then you're like, okay, I can deal with this. This is actually a really nice Uh, day. Whereas like before that I would have been like, it's kind of cold out. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Before I came to New York, 50, 60 degrees used to be cold. Like a sweater... Layers, scarves. That was in Arizona. And now here I'm like, oh, it's 60, 50
0: degrees? I yeah, know. I can manage like that. shorts, tank yeah. Up. yeah.
1: Even 40, I'm like, I'm, I can wear one layer of clothing today yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. and go down the street. Um, But that cold snap, I had to... I really want to talk to the... Um, who are the people, the the, the, the weather stations? Mm-hmm. They need to, the National Weather Service needs to put out a fiscal year calendar of all the weather changes and the temperatures so that we can plan around them accordingly. Because yes. I keep, I am always the only person whose life is like this, where it's warm outside, I have to be in the house. Like I have to yes. be indoors somewhere. Or when it's really cold outside, that's when I have all of the errands and yeah. things to run outside. Yeah. Like that is how my life is. Yeah. So I would just like a calendar so I can plan around it. Yeah,
2: that you would know? be helpful. It wouldn't. It? Yeah, I'm
1: sure they can predict these things. They predict yeah. so many other stuff.
2: It's actually pretty smart. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> my dancing yes. <laughs> <laughs> a meteorologist. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All
1: right. Um, let's let's get into our uh, next segment. Where we're going to transition. Do Do you have a transitory stuff or do are you still um pulling from the guests?
2: We can pull from the guests because okay. I'm just going to improv.
0: Okay.
1: So this next segment uh, or for this segment, we transition into it with a step or with a dance transition, transition thing oh. that we then do in the lobby and record and post on Instagram. Oh. So off, So we, we say that so that we can keep them realistic and tangible. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes. Because <laughs> you know where my head's going. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh so like a a movement
1: yeah something to to locomote
3: oh i feel like yeah like some sort of like i like the The shimmy shimmy. that you're doing yeah just like a little like uh, okay all right maybe like with some voice too to just like shake it out yeah Yeah. Yeah.
2: okay so we're going to a walking shimmy uh into our next segment which is dance history for the future future
1: future future future
2: okay (laughs) Today, friends, welcome. We're going to talk about JoJo Smith, um, who just recently passed away. Um, He was a a dance consultant for John Travolta's Saturday Night Live. And he's done a lot of work with a variety of um, what they call big names, but I'm just going to call them people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And it says... That he has credits, including he was the lead shark of the Puerto Rican teen gang in West Side Story. All right. danced opposite Paula Kelly in Something More and had a central role in Joyful no- Noise. Mm. Um, he also did some television shows in the 60s and 70s. And he also had his own company where they staged shows and taught classes around the world. Nice. Mr. Jojo Smith is who I'm talking about here.
1: Did you, was this the artist you said someone back home knew them or was related to them?
2: No, that was uh, Mel, Mel Tomlin. Mel Tomlin, Tomlin. No, okay. oh. Am I saying that right? Yes. Yeah. So that's JoJo. He's a jazz dancer.
1: Jazz dancer. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, also, for those who may not know JoJo Smith, I just want you to know that you can also Google JoJo Smith dance. I always put dance next to the artist because, mm-hmm. you know. next thing you know there's a football player up on my Google feed I'm looking for that Um, (laughs) (laughs) and then you can read the New New York Times the Hollywood Reporter article. Actually, no. The it's going to be in the description box wherever you're listening. I should do that from here on out. Is perhaps
2: I mean, but you keep you love adding more work for yourself.
1: It's not to copy and paste the link. It's not work. To it me. is okay. It ends well, up. Put Thank it, you. I'm going to put it in the description box wherever you're listening, so you can learn more about JoJo Smith. Also, please feel free while you're listening to just go ahead and Google and learn some things about JoJo Smith because I almost know nothing about anybody, and I yeah. learn on the podcast yeah, via the too. histories from the future. And I meant to I
2: say, Mel Tomlin son was the the person who's in yes who's in charlotte North carolina right now Mm. also i feel like if you check out um our podcast friend melanie george's uh, page with um her new platform jazz dance direct yes that um she always is giving shout outs to some of these amazing artists yeah
1: shout out to melanie george i was gonna say
2: great i know (laughs) (laughs)
0: um
1: yeah, the other thing that really just uh, struck me right now—it uh, it, it didn't struck that struck that hard because I just forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally it struck,
3: and struck, struck and unstruck.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was like lightning. It was like poof, now it's gone. Um, <laughs> we're talking about jazz dance. We're talking about. Oh my god, it's come back to me. We're talking about
3: histories for the future. All coming back. It's all, all coming back, back to me, to me now. now. I was at the coffee shop yesterday morning, and uh-huh. they were. It was like. I, if, I felt like it must have been a playlist like based off of that one song because mm-hmm. it was like that and then everything like distally related to it and it was so good. It made my morning.
1: Was it just a bunch of 80s pop ballads?
3: Yeah, like uh, pop ballads and then like some upbeat but then a lot yeah. of like real heartbreak yeah. yeah.
1: Where you can hear like the storm in the background. Yeah. I love oh, that era of music. yes. And it yeah, would have been on
3: like Delilah or like <sighs> late night love line or something. Yeah. <laughs> Love someone tonight. Nah. Uh, uh, yeah.
1: uh, <laughs> or that uh, that infomercial commercial. Info the commercial that had the CD, like all the love songs.
3: Yes, and yeah. Then yeah. Dion- like this is love. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Volume. Volume <laughs> <two. Yes. laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: And then it'll be so loud. It would be like the <laughs> loudest commercial that evening or that night, because it'll only come on like after eleven when you should be asleep as a child. Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: You know they mad at Spotify and all these other streaming services. Aren't you know they, they mad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Took the little bit of corner of the industry that we have. <laughs> well, I don't remember what I was going to say about this. it will come back to me later. Um, so what I want to say, oh, let's get into the main segment where we're okay. Look, I just want to let you know one thing. I'm I'm coming into this conversation with like um, uh, fear around saying certain words because of religion, because of mm. Christianity, um, where I'm like nervous to say porn, like even when I say it, like my body goes, Ugh! um, and that's that's like when I'm actively unlearning. So please, like, you know, yeah. I just want to put that in there
3: yeah that's I mean I feel like that's the right like to talk about consent yeah. that's like such a good place to start of like yeah where are you how are you feeling about talking about this yeah. like what's coming up for you you know like I mean that's like I feel like that's the ideal place to start and I appreciate awesome. you, sh- you sharing that thank and like you. bringing that up to start yeah thank
1: you thank you
3: so you grew up super religious or
1: yeah my parents were um practicing Jehovah's Witnesses they aren't mm-hmm. currently but they were for the bulk of my growing up my dad specifically grew up as a Jehovah's Witness. Um so while we may not have gone to Kingdom Hall like all the time, super like every mm-hmm. Sunday, um, the practices and the teachings were in the house and definitely um, like sex and porn and, and masturbation were things that were like shamed heavily in the household. So yeah. it was like, I mean, like I, I have my own life, my own exploration, but mm-hmm. teachings are still there and trying to unlearn.
4: Yeah. yeah.
2: I would say so during this, um, I guess, conversation, if there are any moments where we like, I don't say need to be checked or like yeah. or, or check in. Or if I say something, and you're like, actually, yeah.
0: mm-hmm,
2: you know, and, and I think you practice that. And this is why yeah. it's such a great um, opportunity to have you yeah. here, um, because yeah. I also grew up in the South. And mm-hmm. even like the word masturbation sounds like a hard word to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that it's hard. It's just like the word, like phonetically, it. Mm-hmm. there's something very like.
3: It feels like a punch. Yeah. Well, yeah, and we're not in the, in the practice of saying it, and we're not in the practice of saying it definitely in, like, a very public broadcasted context. Mm-hmm. There's, like, a sense that it's not safe yeah. to be talking about stuff like that yeah. in a way that's public. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So can you... What, Jay, you did? What are you doing?
3: So it's just a note
1: for me for when I begin to edit. Oh. I can say it now, though. Um, I just realized the title of the podcast, or at least the first title I came to This line, is a
2: community... What's the oh, title? You, um,
1: for, you know I almost always choose titles without consulting you. <laughs> this is, okay, okay. I think you think that,
2: but that's not true.
1: Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> I was thinking um, to title this, uh, Desexualize Your Pelvis. That's just a saying that I've been hearing very frequently in dance in general, is that, like, like to talk about how... Um, our society has sexualized the pelvis so much that a lot of p- folks um, just now see dance as sexual just because Wait. the pelvis is involved.
3: Okay, but, like, my title would be, like, your pelvis is sexual. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Ah, so, like, that's okay. interesting. Yeah, I feel like there's such an interesting thing going mm. on there with, like, how dance has been seen as sexual and then the pushback against that. Yeah. But then Ooh. also, like, I don't know, I feel like maybe you've, Melanie, you've heard some of this in, like, our conversations as part of um, movement research stuff, but like this sense of like Feldenkrais or yoga mm-hmm. or, you know, Klein technique or any of these techniques being like a full body technique mm-hmm. to me is just so ridiculous. If you're not going to consider sex organs and sexuality as part of that, you know, yes. so which is mm-hmm. not to veto your title, but which is to be like, right, yeah. Ooh, that title um, feels sparky to me yeah, in I a feel, good way. And
1: I appreciate that. Cause you're right. When we talk about the full body and we're not including the sexual organs, then that's not the full body.
3: Right. Or, okay. it, or it's like, for me, it brings questions up about like, then what does dance deal with? And if dance mm. is like inherently not dealing with sex organs and sexuality mm. and, and that sort of things, then like, yeah. okay, maybe that's like where I step out of dance and I'm like, this uh, field is done for me. Or like the, I found the limit of this field and it's yeah. not as interesting. Yeah. Um, or maybe it can expand and include that. Yeah. And I don't think there's like a right answer, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um,
2: I really want you to say more of like cuz cuz you you said a little bit about this about how it there are some limitations in it and does it have the capacity to expand and if not where then do you go with it of combining these these two ideas so can you just tell us a little bit more about sort of where you locate yourself now in
3: your practice and almost like where do you see it going yeah yeah so i mean it like by way of introduction so i run aorta films which mm-hmm. is a queer feminist um porn studio. Um, We create Lusty Opulent Ethical Fuckery Um, and that was founded in uh, 2015 Um, myself along with my collaborators Parts Authority and Ginny Wolf Um, and that sort of like move to found a porn studio came from a a project that we had done um, with the dance company that I run in my non-porn life which is called the AO Movement Collective Um, and we had made sort of this big sci-fi universe um, that had 10 different works and each was in a different media you know so we had like a live performance and a comic book and a concept album and then we also were like let's make porn and see what that's like, because that's always been an interest of mine. Um, So in sort of trying to define right, like what are the boundaries of dance? Mm -hmm. For me as a choreographer, it's always been a question of like, You know, what does it mean if a dance process makes a comic book? What does it mean if a dance process Mm. makes a sculpture? You know, what are the different... How can the process still be choreographic and the outputs be? Mm -hmm. Things that aren't necessarily, like, confined to a live or time-based thing. Because in my mind, like, and this veers off into my, like, economic nerdery, right? That, Mm -hmm. like, if you're only producing live artifacts, then that sort of constrains you within a set of of economic mm-hmm, constraints mm-hmm. Um, that feel like not so helpful for the dance world right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that answered your question. No, I absolutely I it did. did yeah. Veered off.
2: And so how do you, where do you find your, you know, strength and agency in sort of pursuing this very, like, I feel like uncommon um, mm-hmm.
3: avenue? Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think I'm getting encouragement or, or like consent or agency I mean talk about consent yeah. I don't think I'm being encouraged to follow it by anyone other than myself right mm-hmm. now like it feels like very much like this is like after a decade of making shit I'm like very much sort of zeroing in on what I truly want to be yeah. investigating and what feels sparky and to me that's like this blending of performance and identity and sexuality and mm-hmm. desire and power and sort of like where all of those things meet and the thing I'm, I feel like I'm finding is like sometimes that meets in a way that feels like dance or performance or theater and sometimes that meets in a way that feels like pornography and usually the only difference is sort of what level of explicitness is being played with but sometimes the dance stuff is more explicit and erotic Mm -hmm. than the porn and sometimes the porn is more sort of like Imagistic and and abstract than mm, the dance, you know. I so see. it so to me, they feel um, it feels really exciting to blend the two and be really playing within the two, oh, yeah. and that's the feature film that we just made is called Whole, um, and is sort of a again like this question of what can a choreographic process mm-hmm. produce that's not necessarily just a live dance performance but you have mm. to spell the whole because it's not H-O-L-E it's not H-O-L-E it is parentheses
4: <laughs> capital
3: W <laughs> slash capital H-O-L-E and parentheses thank I you like um, it. it for a long time it was just the parentheses and everyone was like what's I mean that's the problem with having oh, your name yeah. be an unpronounceable symbol everyone's like what is this thing mm. what's going on so we eventually caved and called it whole I yeah because I think also like understanding these different elements and how they sort of speak to each other in
2: conversation, a title is extremely important um, because I was able to, you know, um, see a screening of it and and said that, like, by even seeing the title the way that Mm. it was, I was able to contextualize it and my perspective shifted a bit about how to sort of um, digest the content. But I'll say, like, personally, like, when I first, when I met you, actually, I met you, like, in 2014, maybe? Yeah, way back. Yeah, and then, again, (laughs) in a different context, that it's really interesting because the... You know, talking about dance important made me extremely like I I felt it felt uncomfortable or I mm-hmm. felt something in my body like ooh, I mm-mm. Mm-hmm. but then I was like ooh, this is a great this uncomfortable let's yes. let's dig into this and yes. let's figure out what it is that I'm actually um, experiencing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm I'm really fascinated to sort of see your journey and how yeah. you are finding your way in this in this form.
1: Yeah, I really also feel like I see where I speak low at. Yep. Yay. <laughs> it's not going to change. Um so <laughs> Well damn. I mean, it, look, you if you don't like how low I speak, you can listen to another podcast. I have no uh-uh,
2: uh-uh.
1: I'm not look, <laughs> you came here to listen to me. So
2: They just want to hear The thing is like they just want to hear you. They're not they're not challenging a question you.
1: Everything is turned up. I don't know where else to go from here. Um all right, so um <laughs> I really feel nope. Oh yeah, I think I really feel that when when things there's two kinds of uncomfortable. There's like an uncomfortable mm-hmm. where it's like um, if I go deeper into, or if I push into this uncomfortable area, then there'll be break or damage. Mm-hmm. As opposed, to if I push into this area of uncomfortable, there will be like release and like mm-hmm. understanding. And I think there there has to be a there has to be something um, or maybe language around being able to identify the difference, because I notice a few people. Let me go back. As a teacher, when my students are telling mm-hmm. me this is uncomfortable, oftentimes when it comes to stretching, I'm like, actually, that's the, you, you're feeling the, the perfect um, kind of uncomfortable in the right space. So you're doing the mm-hmm. right thing for growth and, you know, whatever you want it's to do. It's yeah. information. It's information as opposed to like, oh, this is very uncomfortable. I'm going to break a joint. Ooh, right, right. And, um... And like in life i'm I'm very okay, just getting really philosophical, but i'm I'm in a very uncomfortable space
0: mm.
1: and sitting and staying with the uncomfortableness and going deeper into the uncomfortable feels like the release thing and also I feel like it's a similar one when it comes to talking about um sex in any way very explicitly mm-hmm. or even on a podcast on a platform like this, but then to relate it so closely to dance, which as a maker um who who is a black person on stage that there's already over sexualization that goes there. So I think yeah. I spend a lot of time trying to desexualize mm. and trying to look at um, areas in which we can easily subscri- uh, prescribe sex or romance on the mm. the people on the stage and find ways to shift and navigate around like, Oh, the, there are other forms of relationships that can happen on mm-hmm. stage between these two bodies, as opposed um that are not sex related or romantic yeah. related. So I say all that to say, Um, I'm really (laughs) interested to be further uncomfortable in the next like hour or so Um, (laughs) (laughs) or learn. And I I think I want to um, I want to know more about how you how you how you got here as a no as a dance maker initially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How you
4: got here?
3: I mean, so I think I've always been interested in like heavy human bodies together mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. i'm I'm not interested in line i'm not interested yeah. in technique yeah. but i am interested in like the weight of bodies together i'm interested mm-hmm. in the narrative sort of tension that happens when bodies are together yeah. um and in a lot of my like early like college and beyond work um i feel like i kept seeing this thing that the moments that i felt like were really working or were yeah. really like evocative or interesting yeah. were these like Largely duet relationships that that had, like, some sort of erotic tension. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that that seemed like the, like, dense, interesting stuff to me. So I think, you know, since college, I had sort of had an interest more and more about, like, I want to work with bodies. I want to work with naked bodies. I want to work with, like, erotic bodies. I want to, you know, um, work with, yeah, like, sort of increasingly explicit um, content. And... um, And that was something that I talked about. It was something that I've talked about with dancers like long before I started making it. Um, And so that was sort of always on the back burner. Mm -hmm. And then this tradition started happening with Parts and Ginny and I, who are all, Mm -hmm. you know, who are all friends, um, where starting in Valentine's Day 2012, Mm -hmm. oh, this is great because we're like right before Valentine's Day. So maybe someone else will like take up this tradition. Um, Everyone is welcome to take up this tradition. Um, Parts was like, hey, we should like, have a, like, friend Valentine's celebration where we all hang out and take naked photos of each other. And just to be, like... Like, I think they were, like, I want to document my body and, like, have some sort of record of where I am. You know, it would be, like, cheesy and fun. and, And we were like, yeah, let's do it! And got really into it. And so... For about, I think maybe this is gonna be the first year that it doesn't happen, but for about like five or six years, Hmm. every Valentine's Day, we've done this sort of like friend photo shoot where it's like we're just like in various stages of undress, taking photos of each other, having it be like a super platonic, like friend thing. It's like grown. We've had more and more people join us each year. Um, But it really developed this practice of like, oh, we can be investigating our own bodies, we can be helping our friends investigate their bodies, we can be doing things that feel like silly and fun and sexy and good. And not have it be in a romantic context and not have it be in necessarily even a sexual context um, where it's like just a fun thing to explore. Yeah. It also sounds very celebratory. Right. Yes. Yes. And
2: it's funny because I'm actually in a middle place between you and Jay in that like um, with the work that I'm creating, it's like I am a black woman. So, yes, my body has been sexualized and Mm. I don't. And there are moments where I don't want to be sexualized and then I also don't you I don't want you to ignore that I'm also a sexual being. Mm-hmm. So it's like how do you figure yeah. out and play with these moments the the in between of within my like within my power, yes, I'm 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 shifting the gaze or I have control over the gaze mm-hmm. when I want it. Yeah. And then when I don't want it, you respect that shit
4: mm-hmm. and don't
2: and don't be in my lane with it. Right. So it's like trying to find that balance of yeah. Like, yeah, I don't for me, I don't I don't necessarily want to be on stage as like a blank slate with no history or or information. Like there's no way for me. Also, there's no way for me to be that. No, I will never be neutral. So now knowing that and accepting that it's like, how
3: do I then move through that? Mm. Yeah. Well, and I feel like when when both of you talk about sort of, like, the discomfort or the, like, chargeness of saying something like porn or masturbation or starting to talk about this stuff, I feel like so much of that is that it has this residue of other people's projections and Oof. other people's sort of, mm-hmm. like, flattening of identities on mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, so, like, when we – I mean, I'll speak for myself. When I watched porn growing up, when, yep. when other people watched porn growing up um, – you know, there was a, there. I wasn't seeing myself, and I wasn't mm-hmm. seeing any sort of genuine connection. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't any sort of explicit language about this is porn and that's different from sex yeah. that people have. Yeah, right. Like it is an entertainment. It is a fantasy. It is mm-hmm. not your education. Yeah. But because there's not sex education happening in a way that is sex positive and body positive and like yeah. reinforcing of sort of the vast range of identities and sexualities that yeah. people can have. You know, we are. I think a lot of our early experiences with sexual agency. Um, are actually the lack of it or, or is this feeling of like people bringing their own shit mm-hmm. to your identity yeah. rather than getting to say like, this is what I think I am or this is what I'm doing and like mm-hmm. getting to be the one in control of it. Um, you know, so I think it makes perfect sense that we're like in a culture and in a moment where people are like starting to try and embrace sexuality more and also still have all this shit yeah. to deal with. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So can you talk to just a little bit about consent and, yes. and how that shows up
2: in your practice and and, the, and some of the examples or the ways in which it shows up.
3: Yeah. So for this feature film hole that we just made, the, the sort of premise we've been working on about three years. And the premise of it was that I wanted to bring um, a group of dancers and a group of porn performers together to make this work mm-hmm. that was going to be sort of like this multi-genre hybrid thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and... To do that, you know, and so through Aorta, we've been making porn since 2015 and been making like a short film a month. Um, So we've been in a practice of working in a pornographic uh, context and what consent looks like for those shoots, which is a very specific thing. Mm. And then I've also been making dances and working with dancers, you know, Mm. for about a decade. And... You know, in the studio, I think we don't specifically call it consent or, like, yeah. talk about consent practices, but sort of what the agreements are of the space, mm-hmm. that's been a certain thing. Yeah. And so it felt like in working on this process, um, the sort of collision of both practices as they were separate and then as the performers mm-hmm. started to come together yeah. and share residency time, the the sort of, like, radical difference of those two practices mm-hmm. really, like, illuminated, I think, for all of us a lot of things about yeah, what does consent look like in an art practice? What does consent like when, look like when you're looking when you're working with um you know performers who are humans with identities who have bodies. Yeah. And and like what does that look like? Different yeah. per person. What does it look like depending on your performance background? Yeah. Um so a large part of this piece ended up yeah being about Uh, negotiating so many different forms of consent, consent with the performers Mm -hmm. and then consent with all the partners we were trying to bring on, like Mm -hmm. every venue, every funder Mm -hmm. necessitated sort of this whole conversation about here's what we're working with. Here's Mm -hmm. how we want you to work with us. Does that feel comfortable to you? Here's Mm -hmm. how you can talk about it to your people, you know, like that sort of thing. And then as we finished the film and started bringing it into the world, like the conversations that, um, you know, that I had uh, with you, Melanie, when we were, showing it as part of sort of a, a cohort of artists for MR's um, Artist in Residence thing and then showing it as the final project, what sort of conversations have to be had around the public sharing of that yeah. so that it's not just, you know, like my I have no desire to be Anne Live Young or an artist like that that's sort of using yeah. sexuality as like a blunt tool to be mm-hmm. aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really not interested in having the way people view my work be shocking or radical um and and i think it sometimes is and that's okay too but i'm more interested in sort of how to um have like a very caring and gentle relationship so Mm. people can approach the work in the way that i'm seeing it which is actually really like full of care and safety and gentleness um that was a very long answer but that's a wonderful one
2: can i um can I um share an example that you gave? Yeah, that, please, several that I experienced please. while um, seeing different aspects of the work. Well, one was when you said that you were filming that you asked um you you would ask the dancers, you know constantly or the performers like, if there is a scene that you choose not to be in, then let me know. And there was like constant asking of like, oh, like a person could say, i w- I don't mind being in a scene with two people kissing, but I don't want to be in a scene with two people who are uh, penetrating one another. Mm. and like constantly like, oh, so, this is the degree to which I feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And then also feeling agency and comfort to step out yeah. when it reaches this level. And that you yeah, mm-hmm. were um always asking these questions and there were there were these a lot of moments of check-in. Mm-hmm. So like that's one of the moments that really resonates with me. And then when you shared it with us of saying um that this image or this 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 image will have um have a certain thing in it. So if that is triggering to you close your eyes now or look away or you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so for me it was like okay you you prepared me for what i was going to see and it was much i could sort of digest it a lot better yeah rather than be completely like what the fuck Mm -hmm. you know yeah so like there's just i like there's like really great modelings of how to ask and and then also but there's a constant care that's being taken
3: yeah. And it feels like it's so multi-layered yeah. to me. Like in, right, like functionally on the shoot, right? Like, of course, there's, if a, if a performer or a crew member, if anyone calls Red at any moment for any reason, okay. everyone stops. Yeah. If everyone does not stop, like that person gets fired. Like like oh, that is a, a yeah. like, you know, non-negotiable. Yeah. If someone calls Red or stop, we stop. Yeah. We address it. We, like, see if we want to move on. Yeah. You know, right? Like, and, and I think that has to be sort of, like, as an extreme measure, something that's always, always present when you're doing yeah. When you're working with porn or when you're working with explicit sexuality, um, you know. But then under that, there's so much work that sort of um, goes like preempts that and and works in the nuance of that. Like I think. Mm-hmm. You know, for for me, as someone who has my own kink practice and who shoots porn, it's like you you don't actually really want to hit the point of calling red. You know, like like if yeah. that happens, you want yeah. a you know you want a um, like emergency plan in place for it. But really, you all, you you really don't want to ever get there. Yeah. So there's so much work that went into sort of leading up to that, just to make the space of being like, okay, you know, like this is a given. You know that you can call red if it gets that yeah. bad. But how are we negotiating actually the space that's in between them? Yes. Um, yes. And I think that's where it ended up dovetailing with me uh for me with dance a lot more um because mm. in dance like you were saying like like okay there's the discomfort of stretching yeah. and there's the discomfort of an injury yes. and they're different but they're very similar and i think yeah. as dancers a lot of times like the way we mature as dancers is being wrong a lot of times about yeah. which is which you know yeah. um and so i think there was a lot of negotiation all through the three-year process, about how are we building not only you know this expectation that there's going to be consent on set, but what does that look like? How is it communicated? How can we practice it? Yes. Um, because the thing is, you can say, oh, you can call stop at any time, but when you're shooting a scene, you have the pressure of the camera, and you know it's yeah. a tight schedule, and, you know, there are the other performers in the scene. It's yeah. actually really, really hard to call stop, yeah. and and I've been in scenes where, you know, where it's like it goes in a place where I don't want, and it mm-hmm. is really hard to call stop. Yeah. Um, and it's really easy to second-guess yourself, especially when you're in the scene, and that's yeah. not just with porn. I think that's yeah. with, like sexuality in general you
1: know and i think in all forms of communication um in this american society and i think even um if we get more specifically with like subcultures and specific places and like you know Mm -hmm. other layers upon that because um listening to this podcast with oprah um and eckhart Tolle, somebody who wrote uh Mm. you know new earth yes something like that a self-help book um and um Oprah was talking about um, living with her grandmother and being being whipped or being beaten or uh, whooped, in whatever language you want to use, and how while being whooped, her mother or her grandmother would tell her to stop crying, and then as soon as um, the whooping was over, telling her to fix her face and to smile. So you just completely been like, let's say you've been attacked. And the, yet now your abuser is telling you that you need to, like, smile and not have your emotions, or if not right. validating emotions. So then she grew up talking about how she felt like she had to be a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other part is that she didn't know how to ask for what she needed or to even, like, right. uh, put prioritize her needs and mm-hmm. other places. So it's just it, it became, like, a new thing for her later on in her life from reading these books and trying to unlearn these things. Like, oh, I can at this moment or at these moments in my past have... Stated what I needed and, and asked for it, communicated mm-hmm. it in some way, or let's say like in any way, because yeah. the problem is that it's not, it's not coming from outside to anyone else to be able to hear it and, and take in that information right. is completely being walled off from the inside
3: yeah well and I think when we started this piece like I sort of started with the intention of like I want to make a, a piece about queer pleasure and desire mm-hmm. and joy and the dancers and I sort of all got into the studio and I was like you know generating some scores about yeah. you know or, or even we started with the score of being like okay ask for what you need ah, you know like yeah. you, like everyone gets a chance to ask for whatever you need yes. whether it's physical or mental or emotional yes. and as a group we're just going to spend like the first half hour of every rehearsal giving yes. each other what we need. And everyone kinda got there and it was like, oh fuck, what do I need? Like, I don't know. You mm-hmm. know, like I need Trump to not be president. I need to not <laughs> right. pay my rent tomorrow. Right. Like right. like everyone was just in this like really like hard place of being like, I actually am not in touch with that yeah. at all in mm-hmm. order to survive in New York mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um and so that sort of that foundation I think is what helped us yes. like develop the consent culture within the piece where it was it was this continuous practice of ask for what you need. And yes. if that means I actually just need like five minutes where no one talks to me or like I need to go get a cup of coffee and then I'll be back or something. You know, and of course, the dancers I work with are wonderful and respectful and like kind and and hardworking, you know, dancers. And and I don't think they took like full advantage of of like that score Mm -hmm. in some ways, because I don't think right. Even though we were involved in this practice of being like, you can ask for anything you want. It was still, right, like, what are the constraints that you're putting on yourself? Oh, I have yeah. to stay in this room. I have to be a good dancer. Yeah, I, have I, to, that's, you know.
2: I feel like not to oversimplify it. I do think dance culture is built around this, um, this, this behavior of not asking, and it's also built around this behavior of enduring pain, if that makes sense. Like... We are taught to not ask for what we need. We're taught to endure pain. We're taught to take verbal abuse in that studio space to let choreographers talk to us any kind of way. There's so many, like, different instances. Like, and I know people listening to this have had that of, of, like, if they actually thought about all the different times Mm -hmm. where they did not um, have access or agency to sort of say what they need or that it becomes a, be, a learned behavior. And then it we does. don't, and then yeah. when we're, we're given that freedom. We're like, oh wait, what, what? to
1: do? Yeah. And, and I think that's part of where I was, was getting to is that it's one thing to create a system in which the red or the, the call to stop is, is there, but it's another thing to empower the folks to know that, empower them to be able to practice that thing. Yes. And I think that's where it's, um, I feel like we are at as a nation for talking about consent in mm-hmm. many different forms, applications. It's not just creating the system in which people can call for help, but empowering people and practicing these things. And in my mind, as an educator, I always go back to the youth, like mm-hmm. while we're in school, while they're young, change the practices then. So when they become our age, it's innate it's, as opposed to what we're doing right now. is un- Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Go ahead.
3: I was just going to respond to something that yep. you were saying about sort of the rehearsal culture and how to be a good dancer. Yeah. And um, one of my performers shared a story with me um, sort of mid-process while we were making the work of being in a workshop where the instructor basically said, um, you know, everything is accessible. You have access to everything and and, we're, and was leading this sort of improvisation. Mm-hmm. Um, and another performer in the workshop came and started touching their body. Right. And And their core reaction was like, no, you don't have access to it. You don't have access to me. Like, I didn't give you access to me, right? right?" So I think that's also, like, this concept of, like, what's on the table or what's Mm -hmm. being granted access to as dancers and choreographers. And I feel like people are starting to talk about that more. Um, But I think one of the things that always, like, tickles me about shooting porn and that definitely happened in this context of bringing dancers and porn performers together Mm -hmm. is that the porn performers are so practiced in terms of their consent because they're turned in they're like tuned into their desire they know what they will do and won't do they're there for a gig they're there for to like make their money um you know which which is not saying that they're not also like heartfully uh like there for the project but they i think they have a better sense of um sort of how the the economical component pays or plays into it Mm -hmm. um You know, but so it's like, okay, I want you to do this sex act and then you're gonna chug milk and it's gonna be great and then you're gonna do this thing. And then, oh, do you think you guys could kiss? And it's like always like something like a kiss or a small gesture where people are like, No, I'm not gonna do that today. And you're like, Oh, oh, oh okay. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Like, yeah, Yeah. you don't have to do that. But so the fact I think for my dancers that the porn performers could say, Oh no, I don't wanna look in someone's mouth. That makes me feel weird and I don't like doing mm-hmm. that part of the choreography. Or uh-huh. like, I'm not going to do this until the AC comes back on. All right, you know? right, right. R- right, where it was like, as dancers, I don't think we're in a practice oh. of saying things like that because the assumption is, okay, I'll bring my whole self to rehearsal and I'll yeah. give you everything and I'll like really show up and, and mm-hmm. that's the way to be a good performer. Yeah. Yes, um, and I'll be easy to work with. Yeah, oh, right, right, right.
1: And I think that's where um, currently my my practice with working with um, – my friends and collaborators, is on the morning of, day of, or if it's a really early re- rehearsal, like, just whenever I wake up and just send a text message like, hey, how are you doing? Where are you feeling? Mm. Um, are we good for rehearsal today? Because as a person who lives with um, depression, anxiety, and suicide ideation, like, at any moment, I can shift and not be ready for rehearsal. Yeah. Um, and... And I want to give my the people I work with like the space to say not this morning or not this time or if I am to be in rehearsal this is what I need um, to be able to be present as opposed to just because we created a schedule you're going to adhere to the schedule and then there would be consequences for not adhering to the schedule. Right. I think practicing a really black and white um, creative creative process in that way where it's based on time and what you've committed to um, as as the artist I feel like oh you're you're actually taking away a lot of the the agency that would allow for inspiration and Mm -hmm. and like the creativity to come through. Like if I don't have agency, I feel like I can't be creative. Yeah. So those like, so if I can't come to rehearsal or if I can't communicate to you and say, Hey, I cannot come to rehearsal. I'm I'm coming up late for whatever reason without fearing like retribution or even just sometimes like an attitude in rehearsal is enough retribution. Um, then, 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 uh, you know, I need yeah. to, I need to shift my relationship
3: with the process. How do you feel like you balance that with like the economic reality of it? Of like, okay, but you've rented rehearsal space, mm. or you're trying to make a show, or like, you know, do you feel like that comes up, or it's it, more open?
1: It definitely comes up, but I think at this point, I'm I value because everyone I've worked with are like actual people, are friends of mine. Mm. I don't, I don't see that it's a separation from like my actual life and um, like a work life. Mm-hmm. It, just, it just, it feels really integrated. Um, and I value my, my friends' needs and desires and um, and health over, like, the money thing. So if that means I lost money for that rehearsal, um, what was gained was that my friend now has the space to be able to deal with they need to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that $16, 20 30 $50 it costs for that rehearsal, it's going to be worth it, you know, at the end yeah. of the day. I don't, I don't want to be a part of the harm that happens to my friends. Um, For the sake of money. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the practice that I need to, as as like the the creator, the maker, the person Mm -hmm. who organizes this rehearsal, I need to have that value really strong within my practice so that even the feeling that I might communicate in the text message of money doesn't come across Yeah, and I think that's the part where um, I'm being really, really diligent with myself is that how I reply back to someone saying hey I need this I need mm-hmm. to not rehearse today yeah. is going to be really um, supportive and full of love as opposed yeah. to okay well I guess we can make up a rehearsal I don't want to start talking about like making up rehearsals and what we need to do already once the person just said they need right. to take care of themselves this is yeah. not the time you know like those kind of things for me I'm like okay that's the practice that I'm in. Yeah. So yeah, when it comes to money, I'm like, uh, sometimes like I can still, we can still move along the process without you being here. Like I can, I can be in rehearsal. I can mm-hmm. move my body. I can come up with ideas. Um, I don't, I, and I'm not working within a scarcity model. So yeah, I'm like, totally. if, if we lose this, lose this day. If we don't use this day to move our bodies in this particular space and time, then I'm sure that I can find other space and time if that's what the process mm-hmm. needs. And also sometimes the process doesn't really need that day. I get to the end of it and I'm like. The things look great. We missed three rehearsals out of the 50. That gives me anxiety.
2: Good. I don't, I hear you, I am not there. <laughs> okay. Especially yeah. like, diving into a new process. Like, mm-hmm. I, I understand like, the more we're in space together, the better it is. And there are many days I don't feel like showing up. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I love when people hold me accountable. Yes. Mm. And then, most times, <laughs> I'm so grateful that I did. Yeah. Um, You know, but I would be completely, like, again, I, there's a lot of anxiety that would come in. Not just about the money because I'm, you know, fortunate to have um, space abundance, yeah, but i don't have time abundance mm-hmm. I mean I do whatever Y'all know what yeah. I'm saying and I
1: right. th- yeah, and I think there's a, a difference between um I don't feel like being here today, as opposed to I can't be here today. Yeah, yeah and I think that's that's the difference. Like, mm-hmm. if I am to show up to this rehearsal, I feel like I would be doing more harm to myself mentally, emotionally, or physically, mm-hmm. for anyway for anything as opposed to like, yeah, I don't, I'm not really feeling today because at that point, like, I'm assuming that who I'm working with can yeah. move through that and still yeah. do the thing.
3: Well, and I yeah. think that that it that that sort of process. Means that what we're asking from people is like a really deep self knowledge yes. and a really active sort of checking in with themselves. And like yeah. that's that, I mean, that to me is like virtuosic. That's right. like if we're talking about someone's technique or skill or like yeah. reasons I want to work with them as a performer, that sort of like self practice and self knowledge and doing that work is like so mm-hmm. high up there for me, yeah. Um, in terms of like mm-hmm. who I want to work with, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah. also,
2: it sounds like there's a, a trust that you have in a relationship with certain people that you know they're not flaking, yeah. they're not yeah. flaky, or you know what I mean. But you understand right, exactly. that yeah. when they need, they, they know what they need. I just know, like that, sometimes even I'm still in the process of really being clear on what I need. Yeah, yeah. And um, especially if I'm feeling like low energy or. Or sad, or something. The last thing I want to do is be in a rehearsal, and then that is if I have to go to one. That usually is what shifts my mood Mm -hmm. and makes me so much. But if you would have given me the like Mm -hmm. not choice, but if I had the option not to go, Mm -hmm.
3: I would still be sitting in whatever it is I was
2: sitting in.
4: Yeah, yeah.
3: Well, and 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 like talking about it too, I think it brings up something for me about consent and about that sort of like work where people. I think it can get grouped into this like tender tender queer Uh, and tenderness uh avenue right where it's about being soft and about being coddled and i don't actually think it's that i think it i i think you know like in my practice and in my personal life the the role of consent is to be able to be actually really risky and ambitious and like really fucking motivated with the work um you know so like i i think in yeah that sometimes that is necessary to like get you up and get you there and and the agreement isn't necessarily like you know you can come or you cannot come it's like right. you're agreeing to be there yeah and I'm going to hold you to being there unless you can't and then yes. I'm going to hold you to telling me that you can't right and then I'm going to like trust you and believe you and yes. support you you know yes. but but I I do think there is a way that you know for me I'm really not interested in the tenderness of consent I'm no. interested in the like rigor of it yes mm.
1: and the yes yes thank you for saying the rigor of it because in in rehearsal when I'm thinking like if, if I have a, a lot of time for rehearsal, there's going to be space to warm up. So before mm-hmm. we start, as opposed to just saying, warm up is these 15, 20, 30 minutes, I I will say, okay, let's let's talk about starting or rehearsing or moving our bodies mm-hmm. more fully at this time. And as the time comes up, I was like, do you have what you need? Do you need to warm up more? Mm-hmm. Like those kind of things, the artists knowing what they need and being able to communicate that is one thing, but then as the person who's leading, keeping this keeping the spaces open mm-hmm. and um, letting people know what they have options for. Like we can start when you are ready as opposed mm-hmm. to just starting because this hand on the clock moved to this number. Right. Um,
3: and for me, it's all about the agreement, too. It's yeah. like I, I feel like, you know, I'm not always the best of this, but try f- with each sort of creative process to have a meeting yes. with the dancers. Sometimes I'm a part of that meeting. Sometimes I ask them to do it without mm-hmm. me there. Mm-hmm. Um But where it is, okay, what are the agreements? How much do you want to be paid? How much warm-up time do you want? Like, what are you asking me for as a group? And then what concessions and and what agreements can I make within that that do function with my economy and my time and, you know, and all of that? And how can we be in agreement about what they can expect? So it's like, okay, you'll show up. You have 30 minutes to rehearse. At that point, I probably will ask, like, are you ready? And you'll say, like, yes or no, and we'll go from there, you know? But that it's not this sense of, like oh we're going to you know we'll show up around this time right, and then maybe right. we'll you we will warm up or not you yeah. know like it, it, for me it, that doesn't work and that would stress me out as well yeah. you know and and i feel like it is about sort of i'm I'm fine and they're fine, whatever we decide, as long yeah. as there's a group decision and a group consensus and it's not just being assumed yeah. what someone's agreeing to by being in a process. Yeah. This feels I don't want to say radical, but this feels like completely like mind blowing right now. And like mm-hmm. I understand
2: that as choreographers and makers, that we are also organizers uh-huh. and we are responsible for the people that we rally around and that we organize. I love that. And yeah, and so that there's this amazing Tool, so thank you for me yeah. of being like okay, especially as I'm about to dive into this new process of putting that stuff out there in the front because that is Im- is Im- that is important to me, yeah. and I don't necessarily think I've seen it modeled. Yeah, and so even saying here's here's my capacity, here's what I can offer. Let's talk about what what the process is asking of you. Where yes. are you? Where are you mm-hmm. all? Like, does this sound good? Mm-hmm. Kind of like we do this when we go to workshops and stuff. Mm-hmm. Of like, yeah. here's a community agreement. And yeah. then we're all going yeah. to sort of like hold ourselves to this sort of this agreement, um, but like I've never really seen that in a in a dance rehearsal choreographic
3: process. Yeah, yeah. And I think that agreement can be about the business of it. It can be about the right. like rehearsal culture of it, yeah. Yeah. and it can also be about the content of the work. Like I yeah. feel yeah. like for us, knowing that we were going into explicit work, yeah. there were a lot of conversations, um, you know, where. I kind of felt like it was negotiating edge play. And that's like a way mm. that I continue to talk about it, where with all the dancers, I was like, hey, I want to investigate this stuff. Yeah. I think, in order to like go into this realm of like explicit sexuality in performance and film and pornography and dance and art yep. and like, what is it that, that like to know our boundaries and to know yes. what we want and, and, don't want we're probably going to have to have those boundaries crossed sometimes and and so that conversation that we had sort of like over and over again during the first year of like is that okay are we consenting to this as a group are you consenting Mm. to this as a group does that feel safe how will we know when we cross those boundaries what happens when they're crossed yeah right that that i think it re- required a really express agreement from all the performers of okay mm. we, we're we're expressly interested in investigating this content with yeah. you we know that you know that we don't know where we're going yeah. and we don't know what's going to come up yeah. we all agree that it might pass our boundaries mm-hmm. and that the promise then is like when those boundaries get crossed that that we've planned ahead and that yeah. we've done the work and we're doing the work yeah. to be there together yeah. and so it's not a, you know a thing of like Oh my god everyone freaks out and goes home and has feelings and nobody yeah, talks about it but yeah. it's like okay we're going to talk about it we're going to process it yes. i'm going to listen to you i'm yes. going to make changes based on what what you're yes. telling me you're going to make changes based on what i'm telling you yes. right that it's like it's a part of a process together and i think that framing feels really helpful when when we think about like consent in a broader context right where it's like I think there are many a place many like areas of our life where our consent gets crossed all the time and our boundaries get crossed all the time and I think the important thing for me feels like that then there's able to be a conversation and able to be follow-up and accountability around that rather than everything shutting down and it being ruined right because that I mean again that like separates right out like the abusers and the victims right where where it's like 99 percent of what we're dealing with is this gray area yes um so i feel like having a plan from the beginning of rehearsal about sort of what does this edge play look like how is it addressed how is it going to happen you know how do we sort of do the homework of building up that trust um you know and and the first time actually that i think boundaries maybe not the first time but one of sort of the big moments of people coming up against their boundaries was the shoot was Mm. like three years into the process Mm. being like, Mm -hmm. okay, I thought I could be in this scene and actually I can't, Mm. Mm -hmm. you know? And, and it was rough and having done the work to like get up to that point and have that performer know that they like felt a certain way and had to stop having the like response, Uh, homework done enough so that Mm -hmm. we could like pull that performer or pull multiple performers out of a scene having the work done so that the next day we could have a discussion about it so that we like all still felt seen and heard and held in that um felt really radical and Mm -hmm. felt really amazing Mm -hmm. and exciting and i really
1: appreciate the language you said when your boundaries are crossed as Mm. opposed to if and i think that's part of where um when we talk about Changing different policies in like workplace, rehearsal place. Mm. There's that language of like if, 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 and I'm like, I, I think if we say when, yeah, it'll mm. feel more realistic as opposed to like.
3: That's such a good point.
1: Yeah, because there's this like with with what's been going on with sexual harassment in in workplaces and art making. Um, I think there's this like let's create a sexual harassment policy if someone is sexually harassed. I'm like, right. no, 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 when? Yeah, because it's happened, it's happening. Um, and it just feels more real when we say when, like it just grounds it all. And I just feel like really grounded when you said when, like, yes,
2: when. <laughs> and, and to, and to like understand that it, it happens all the time, like that it's not yeah. an anomaly that when it happens, yeah. because our, you know, like you said, our boundaries or our sort of uh, comfort it shifts from day to day, yeah. from hour to hour. Yeah. And so like, there's no way of ever fully right. knowing when, when that moment is going to happen for you because it, it all depends. Yeah. yeah. Um, and
1: we have boundaries that are, like, invisible to us at this moment. Yeah. Right, that we don't know yet. Yeah. 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 And then there's only when that laser is tripped. You're like, <laughs> off. oh, yep, that's the boundary. Let me communicate that to you. Yeah. And I think that's where I, I kind of, I, I feel like there's this, like, like elephant in the room of, like, romance that I haven't talked about as far as the only one I can see. Um, Wait, is it
2: in this room right now? Physically? Yeah.
1: Yeah, because I think only I can see it, though. I think. Yeah, I think is really that an elephant in the room? Is it? Does that is that how that works? No. If no one else can see it?
2: I think at Elephant was like we all know it's oh, in the no, room yeah, that's, and that yeah, yeah you know, I, I was the elephant but now yeah. I'm really excited about it. Okay, no that yeah. makes sense.
1: I really used that incorrectly. That makes sense. That's okay. okay. <laughs> so I have this um urge to talk about like the romance and like the dating part of mm-hmm. consent and I yeah. think um for my own life I feel like I've been learning a lot more about consent through dating as opposed to like mm-hmm. any other relationship at this point um and that's before like before sex or um, outside of sex or outside of like that physical intimate space just about um what we are learning as people mm-hmm. and I think I've in that time I've been going through my own like healing of trauma work through the art making so I have all this language and I just know that I'm naturally becoming a magnet for other people doing similar things just based mm-hmm. off like how i believe in the universe so a lot of people are coming to me in different parts of unlearning their trauma and what we're doing is as we're relating with one another we are and unintentionally stepping over boundaries and having to be charged with communicating those things or not right. and it's been more of not as opposed to actually communicating those mm-hmm. things so um one thing that happened was like a boundary was crossed and it just goes silent, the person is like mm. ghosting. And I think I've shifted my feelings about ghosting into feeling more compassion for mm-hmm. the disappearance of someone because um, something might've happened, I may not know yet why that, what has happened, but that has caused this person to not communicate as mm-hmm. effectively as before. Um, and I can, I can probe, I can probably ask, but really the person has the autonomy to come and actually communicate the thing because they're the only one that has the answer. Um, but through that episode of, like, uh, what's the what's the show I was just talking about with Issa Rae, uh, Insecure, uh-huh. there was a, a person who ghosted and came back and mm-hmm. talked about, like, mental health challenges. And I was like, oh, that's me. I see myself. Uh-huh. Um, but the other part is, like, when, when communicating those things, I learned that I wasn't really setting up a foundation that we're talking about, yeah, like, when yeah. this thing happens, so mm-hmm. It all was like, wow, we're here. Um, we're really vulnerable in this moment now. And... um, charged with like communicating something that i did not know really existed like i did not know i had feelings about um the way you talk about your ex or something Mm, like that mm -hmm. until you talked about your ex so now this is new for both of us you know is, is like the thing like i and i'm making up this story in which da 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 um and I feel like this conversation is is one that works really well for dance and art making. But I know mm. that, um, you know, for Valentine's Day, um, <laughs> <laughs> that I just wanted to, like, bring that into this and say that I feel as though all of this is 100% apl- applicable to the way that we date and move around the world in that way.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So practice consent.
3: Yeah. Well, and, and just like a rehearsal, right? It's yeah. like having, doing, I'm such a big fan of preloading the work and I'm such a big fan of, I mean of Virgo Rising. I like doing the work and I like having it organized. Yeah. I like putting time and thought and intention into that. Um, but doing the work in a relationship to have that conversation mm-hmm. early on about, hey, what happens when I, you know, if and when I cross your boundaries? What happens yeah. if and when you cross mine? Yeah. How do we communicate about that? Yeah. When is it okay to sort of just take time away? When yeah. is it okay to like really need a response? Yeah. Um, you know, what What are the intentions? What are the expectations? Can I um, also
1: add that, and I just it came into my mind, so I, it's not really fully formed, but, um, knowing when the answer of I don't know is okay
3: yeah oh that's such a big one right that's such a Mm -hmm. big one and that's such a beautiful thing to say right yeah that like to to be like whether it's on a porn set or in dating or making a dance Mm -hmm. you know to be like oh you've asked me this thing I can tell that the answer is really important to you Mm -hmm. and rather than feel the pressure of being like I'm gonna Decide one way or the other. Yeah. Being able to be like, I don't know yet, and and I'll keep you informed as I do know. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's powerful. That's really exciting. Well, mm-hmm. Oh
1: yeah. And as a person, I, in all of my dating history, when we talked about like that last conversation before the breakup, I I remember being like, What do you mean you don't know? You do know. You're not telling me. Mm-hmm. Like that was always me. It was like I hated the word yeah. I don't know in those conversations. Uh-huh. So I was like, You know, you're just withholding information. Mm-hmm. I learned now that oftentimes we really don't know.
3: Yeah. Well. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Um, One of my, like, big teachers and mentors, Peggy Gould, uh, always used to talk about that that balance is not a stationary point, Mm -hmm. right? That balance is, like, a series of all these, like, micro shifts and adjustments, right? And I kind of see, like, consent and identity and knowledge in relationships or dance making or or porn or any of this in the same way, right? Where it's, like, just because, like, what worked for balance two seconds ago is not going to be your balance the next second, right? All right. So it's a constant process of checking in and negotiating.
1: Yeah. I just, you took me to church. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Because that has been like my life principle recently. Was mm. telling it really works with dancers because I talk about balance and like, okay, we're trying to do a pirouette. Like I'm in class. It's, you cannot be. You cannot fix. Find a find a point and like hold on to it and imagine that you will never fall from right. it. Right.
3: That point doesn't exist. It
1: doesn't exist. Um, you have to allow yourself to make microaggression microaggression sorry. <laughs> 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 We're being in a different right, direction. Right, you, know I mean? you have to allow yourself to make micro adjustments <laughs> uh-huh. in it at all times, and also know that like the the shit changes day to day. And yeah. I'm thinking like specifically with my student and one who was like afraid to let go of the bar because she couldn't find her balance like with her hand on it. I was like, oh sweetie, it's not that's not how this works. Right. And she was like, I felt so good last week, and I was like, yeah. And this is a completely different week. Yeah. So much has happened in those seven days, and you got to allow that to be. True.
3: And it's not linear. It's it's, never linear. It's not linear. Oh, my gosh. Thank you What were you going to say, Melanie? (laughs) (laughs) Pulls my closer to face.
2: Well, it's not as profound as what was just said. I mean, it was something along the lines of, like, a lot of the lessons that I learned about my dating life and my relationships with family and stuff, it actually comes from the relationships and teachings that I have in dance classes Mm -hmm. or in rehearsal processes. So it's interesting how, like, when the worlds do intersect and you realize, like, oh... Yeah, why why do I practice like consent mm-hmm. or why do I practice this negotiation and this curiosity over here, but then when I get over here in this other part of my life, there's no there's no adjustment, there's no yeah. negotiating. Um so yeah, I just you just reminded me that like I appreciate that like to for people to be mindful of like how are these lessons showing up in the world for you. Yeah. Like if you all the different things that you you experience in class, like how are those messages showing up in the world?
0: Mm. Yeah. How oh,
1: they're mm-hmm. showing up in the world. Mhm.
2: Yeah. A plie is not just a plie, like <laughs> you know, or even yeah. there's just so much, shit. and you because you also made me think about uh contact improv classes, right? Oh, mm-hmm. Such um, that's such a charged and complex place and yeah. state. And I love contact improvisation, and I but I don't like the spaces, I don't like I don't say I don't like the spaces that they're held, I don't, there's something about the the Environment that I don't like because I there is that there's like this assumption mm-hmm. that because I come to this space that I want to be touched in a certain way, or that mm. I'm and that's not that's not right. true, right? Or that
3: you're consenting to, right? Yeah. And it's like I love contacting improv with people that I know, yeah, yeah. yeah. well, and there's also I'm I. I'm not someone who has, like, done a great deal of contact mm. improv outside of college, so mm. I don't, I want to be clear that I'm speaking from a place yeah. that is not my experience, but um, I, I do feel like in in that and in some other dance practices, there is a bit of, like, this flattening of identity, too, mm. where it just assumes that everyone is coming in sort of mm. with the same body experience and yeah. the same trauma history and the right, same, right, 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 you know, right, accessibility right. to receiving touch and, right. and all that, and that's just, like, it, I mean, I almost think about, like, the, the type of work I want to be doing as, like, trauma-informed mm. in, in the mm-hmm. way that, like, with yes. trauma-informed informed care yes, 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 you just have a, an assumption that everyone is, has some sort of trauma yes, and you don't know what it is yes. right and like if you're wrong you'll be told that they don't have any and then you can go from that point yeah. but that it's better to assume that everyone yes. has it right so i feel like in a in an ideal dance practice for me there is sort of an assumption even before that first discussion of yeah. getting into like who are you what do you bring into the space yeah. of that like you're you're not just a body no, right like no. you're your identity and your identity yeah. has a body yeah that you are like bringing to this process yes. as a gift yes. and, and how do we honor that and work with that and work in partnership with that rather than just assuming that you're like want to be touched in a certain way because mm-hmm. you're in a certain class mm-hmm.
1: I will also say as a, a contact improv practitioner I don't know what I'm saying, <laughs> um, that um, I feel as if practicing consent has been practiced most in contact improvisation for me like mm. the that, that is the area that I feel as if um, I can more most fully practice consent and um agency in that way because at least in the the place I go on Tuesday evenings at the Bill Young studio, I think moving research has a hand in organizing those jams and classes. There there's literally like a pamphlet like for anybody who's new to contact improvisation and like ninety percent of the pamphlet is about consent and how to That's really cool. How to know and how to talk about or not even talk about how to practice that in this specific space mm. and saying like you know, um, you can initiate forms of contact with words or with, um, with just, like, placing your body on someone. And someone can, like, end con- the contact at any point without mm-hmm. any explanation. And um, I, do- I wish I had it with me. And I just I'm kind of like, wondering why I didn't connect that with this mm. episode today. But... Um, and that was the first time in a contact em- environment I saw it written out, as opposed to just practice. Mm-hmm. Because when I was in contact place- places, I've just seen it practice in the sense that, like in the jam, you are allowed to just walk away when you when you want to. end the mm-hmm. engagement, you can um, have as many or as little, you know, just un- yeah. and things. And also the body and this is where I learned the most is like the body will let you know even before the person really knows how comfortable they are with whatever you are asking them to do or trying to initiate with them. Um, Because tension in the body, when you're when you practice being so physically engaged with them with so much of your physical shape that um, any kind of tension anywhere is immediately felt. Mm -hmm. So like when I'm improvising with um, like specifically my friend Coel, who we have most of our contact training together I'd know him more based off of those contact jams than I do with like sitting in front of him having conversations mm-hmm. because in that moment if he's on my back and our backs are connected the moment that something tenses up I can tell there's something that he's not comfortable with and something's wrong and I must make um, I must use what I can my body to put us in a safe space so that we can either try it again or not or just abort it but the last thing was that um, this was modeled in the last class that I took that um, when someone is, like, launching, and we most jams don't have or really don't have the people who are so adept and so well-versed in it that they're literally, like, running and jumping into people. Mm-hmm. But so let's say in that case, the person who the body is come flying at can either be there to take the impact or move out of the way. What is responsible for the person who's doing the launching is to be, be prepared to not be caught. Yeah. So like the person um they were demonstrating is like, I'm always prepared when I'm leaving my feet off the floor to jump into someone that I'm preparing to not be caught. Wouldn't you
2: love to be in a situation when you know someone is actually gonna catch you? Because but, you come with a certain tension. I get it, I understand what they're yeah. but that's a metaphor for life. It's like, well, damn, <laughs> I would like to think that if I launch at a certain person that I mm-hmm. hopefully I know that they will catch me, but think, otherwise, why am I launching? But Just I think keep my ass on the ground.
1: Well, here's here's where I I think I'm at when it comes to like the metaphor of of taking that risk with someone, is that if I um because everything is ever changing, we talk about like balance is mm-hmm. not with all of that in the room, that um it's more about when someone um. Might fail, it might come up short, but trusting that their intentions are good and to be to begin with, like understanding that if um, I can't ever really know that you're going to catch me, like I don't, I won't know those things. I can say you have a great track record. (laughs) (laughs) I know your intentions are in great place and all these things, but um, it goes back to like, so what do we do if and when that moment happens where I fall? And we were, you know, where yeah. it didn't happen. Well,
3: and for me, I think it also goes back to what the negotiation is, right? Yeah. Like, is the negotiation like I want to, Im- I want to do improv improvisation with mm-hmm. you? Let's be in the same room. It's gonna focus on jumping and being caught, mm-hmm. right? Like, then the intention is like, yeah, I want you to know that you can jump, and I'm gonna do my best to catch you, yeah. and we have this backup of falling. But like, that's a different negotiation than, hey, we're all gonna contact improv, and I'm yeah. coming from one place, and you're coming from another, yeah. and yeah. we yeah. don't talk about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so for me, part of the reason that porn is so great. And that kink is so great is there's mm. always this explicit discussion and like the art of that sort of negotiation and both parties being like, here's what I want. Like, are you the mm. person that can give this to me? Mm-hmm. Yes. No. Cool. Like, yeah. how about this thing? What yeah. about this? Like that feels that's become more and more sexy to me. I, I remember it feeling like really awkward and weird and foreign and like. Kind of alien when I first started doing it. When like the mm. first person I played with at a party was like, "Come here, I want to negotiate with you." I was uh, like, uh, uh. "About what?" <laughs> you <know>? oh, nice. <laughs> but
2: that, yeah, the you said like um, awkward. I have a question around um, like how do you negotiate around um, shame? Mm.
0: And it's yeah. just making me
2: I'll, like think of a situation I recently had. Like I'm in this this um, salsa dance group, and we have this uh, particular trick move that we do where the guys they are guys, lift us, and, and this cartwheel thing. And for several people that I did with, it was fine. But there was this one person who, every time they did it, I felt like I was at TSA, like because his <laughs> hand would slide into my crotch. It's not a big deal to me, but again, yeah. I'm I'm Melanie coming from a certain place, yeah. and I feel comfortable right. articulating. So I, w- I said to him, this isn't TSA, just so you know.
3: Mm-hmm. Your hand
2: keeps sliding up into my crotch. And I know that it's a point because, like, your hand, your hand slides in the gripping or whatever. Yeah. So, like, let's try to figure out the mechanics of this to not make it happen. Yeah. Um, But the response was, like, sorry, sorry, sorry. And I was, like, thinking, there's no, I don't want there to be shame yeah. around it. Just yeah. be aware that, like, that's happening. Yeah. And yeah. I'm aware that it's happening, so let's try to fix it. Right. Um, But then I was, so I'm just curious about that because it's, like, damn, like, I don't want you to feel uncomfortable or shameful that it happened. Like, I have, I
3: have a vagina. Like, that's it's shame on both ends, right? Like, shame for, like, like both of those people in that situation could feel shame, right? Like, shame for being touched in a way that doesn't feel good. Shame for, like, wanting to speak up and be like, hey, Mm -hmm. I don't want you to do this thing. Shame for being like, oh, no, I did a bad thing and now I'm in trouble and I'm bad now, right? And I think it goes back to this, like, idea of that it's not, you know, if your boundaries get crossed, it's like when. Like, boundaries get crossed all the time. And it's the ability to be like, oh, I'm not a bad person. Or I'm not an evil person or I'm not like beyond help just because I did a bad thing. I, I fucked up and now I'm going to change that. And whether that's like a very small fuck up like, oh, my hand slipped and I touched you in a place you don't want to be touched, you know, or, or like a big thing like more like an assault or something like that. Right. Yeah. Like the ability to be able to talk about it and say, you know, this thing happened. There are lots of feelings wrapped up in it. Shame can be one of them. Okay, yeah. like what are the next steps? Right. You know?
2: And then perhaps then being having the space to sort of negotiate that. Cause I don't know that I yeah. necessarily expected to then have to manage his shame around it. Right.
1: Yeah. And right. And I think that's I think, the part where I, I've been telling some of my friends who I think as an Aries people come to me like, how do you tell people how it is? It's, like, <laughs> it's generally <laughs> the, the conversation. And, and I think the next part is like without um, making the person feel a certain way. And I'm like, you can't. You have no control over how what you're going to say is going to be received. And I think the best thing that we can do is to just say what we need to say, knowing that we have the best intentions, and then choosing to either be with them through it or choosing not to, which we have the control. Like, okay, I'm going to say this thing, and I'm also going to sit with you as you have your emotions about it. Or I'm going to say Mm -hmm. this thing, and I'm going to leave for you to have your emotions by yourself. Um, But overall, like, I I want... um, for the world to know that we just can't control anyone's feelings at all. And, you know, everyone has things that we may step over, you know, and everyone has triggers that we don't know about what those triggers are. And we, we can't, we shouldn't feel like we are responsible in that regard if our intentions are well. Like, I need to communicate this.
3: And I think it's also a matter of practice. It's like, yeah. I think you only learn by doing it. When do I want to stay with this person as they work through their feelings? When mm-hmm. do I want to say, like, oh, you know, it seems like this is bringing up a lot of shame for you. I, I see that. I want to acknowledge it. Yeah. That wasn't my intention. Yeah. You know, like maybe you can talk about it with someone else, you know, like like, right. Like when do you set the boundaries and why? And I think you don't know until you do it a million times. You're like, oh, that time was not worth my emotional investment, my energy. Oh, that time actually felt really good to be with that person through that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay.
3: (laughs) All right. So we are (laughs) we
1: are we are nearing the uh, nearing the time. But, that's great, because um, I'm hungry. Sweet. Mm. Okay. <laughs> um, so the next, like, this next part is we just talk about like what we have coming up next. Like our, basically, I say church announcements, because that's where I first learned about wrapping up and talking about things <laughs> that are great. <laughs> so if you have any church announcements, uh, this episode will be coming on the 12th. Great. So, right um, before Valentine's Day. Yeah, right before. Um, yeah, so just talk about things that are coming up if you have any. Thing. Sure. So, Oh, sorry, last thing. The <laughs> spectrum includes, like, you can talk about, like, projects and, like, things that have dates and times, or you can just, like, be a little bit more amorphous, like, I'm going to leave the studio and walk to the right and go someplace. I end.
3: have to use the restroom. You know, whatever right. it is.
1: Yeah, whatever. Got it.
3: Yeah. Well, so the one thing I'll say is, uh, so Aorta Films is continuing to make work and continuing to do things. And whole, actually, the film that we did is coming out as 10 individual episodes. Mm. So the first uh, two have premiered in January and February, um, but they'll keep coming out through October. Right. And they are available sort of as part of Aorta's ongoing monthly films. So our website is uh, aortafilms.com, and you can also become a subscriber at patreon.com slash aortafilms, and it's $9 a month, and you get access to our full library of works. Um, Some of them are more sort of on the explicit porny end, and some are more on the, like, weirdo, artsy, explicit, dancey things end. Yeah. But it's cool. And if if you're someone who is, like, renegotiating your relationship to porn Mm -hmm. and your sort of feelings around that, um, I'd invite you to, like, check it out and see what you think. Because I I think a lot of people end up feeling like, oh, this is not what I thought porn was or or this is different than what I thought porn was. So we're always excited to get new folks checking Mm -hmm. out our stuff. Um, So that's ongoing. And then, yeah, after this, I think I might go find a park to sit in for a little bit.
1: Nice. Yes. Enjoy the sun.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. How about y'all? Me? Belly
1: Belly Green Bean. Yes, thank you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm currently, I have a um, crowdsourcing fundraiser underway for Ooh. my performance work, Sapphire. Yes. It's going to premiere May 16th and 17th. Woohoo. And as many of you know, this is just one of the ways in which we have to sort of uh, support our work yeah. in this world, in this industry. And it's a very scary and vulnerable place to be in, but I really believe in the work. I believe in paying people. Yes. And I believe that my community will show up. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, what's your
3: goal? What are you fundraising?
2: I am fundraising thirteen thousand. Yes. Um, through crowdsourcing, and then also I've been supported through some grants to help
3: supplement some of that, which is really great. It's um, amazing. But yeah, I'm gonna go back you tonight. That's what I'm doing after this. I'm gonna go back to crowdfunding Thank campaign. Thank you
2: so much. Yeah, it's it's a it's a lot going on. But yeah. like I said, I'm really like I'm remaining. You know how it is. Like you have to remain confident that like. Yeah. You you know what you're doing, and you're you really value the work that you're creating. And yes. my biggest thing is paying people. Yes, yes. So you yeah. can check it out on my website, mm-hmm. or you can see there's a link in Lainey Reen on the Instagram mm-hmm. or on the Facebooks.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Thank Ooh, you. Oh, I'm so excited for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
2: Oh, because you also you uh, were one of my. Um, Video previewers. Yes. Ooh.
1: I previewed and I gave my super detailed nuance Virgo notes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which that's required, the Virgo side. That's right. what that just was. I mean,
2: it required a second taping, but they were also like... Wow. Yeah, like I, I did the video and yeah. then I like showed it to six people and like, you know, the things that were common, I changed and... Yeah. Yeah.
0: So we are.
1: Yeah. I'm definitely... I, the more... I think that was the moment that I really realized like, oh, wow, I'm really like... I won't move if I feel like the quality of something in my mind is like, nah, I don't like it.
2: Because the thing is, that in, in that case, it may never be what you want it to be. Yeah,
1: because mm. I mean, that's yeah. Your your thing is completely outside of me. Like with with this podcast, I sat on this idea for like two years because I was like, I don't have the right equipment, I don't have the right studio. Like I'll just wait, I'll just wait yeah. until the
0: quality shows up. So when I got Jay's <laughs> text
2: about it, it was so funny. He was like, "Do you have time to talk on the phone?" And I was like, oh. <laughs> 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 but again, like when I when we got on the phone, it was like, "Are you ready?" I'm like,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. the first thing I really said was like, "You have to do a complete reshoot." No, you said,
2: "Do oh, you have no. time?" You said, "Do you have time?" Oh, to re- do a resi- Yeah, I did. Or that. is this?
1: <laughs> no, yeah. Oh I mean, God, I God, it's
3: like the-, the one feedback you never want to hear. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: You're like,
0: "Can you do it all over?" No, yeah, that
1: was kind of it. Yeah, but I mean, it's also, <laughs> but the, as, as like as a friend and as somebody who was asked to give feedback, mm-hmm. I feel like it's more important to like tell the the real truth. As of a course, person. yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I think it's great. Like. No, I feel like I feel like a different angle on that shot would really be the one that like makes us pop. Yeah, like little things like that. But um what am I doing? What
2: you got going on? Oh
1: crap, what is it? It'll be February twelve. I don't have any to be honest, I don't have much going on in February. Um when things are coming up and are more like contracts are signed and things like that, then I'll be able to speak more explicitly about what's going on. So Ooh. great. Yeah, I'm about to, I'm about to um, enjoy the sun, I guess.
2: Please. And you can know? I just say for some folks, let us be happy in other people's successes and stop fucking with people's bags. That's all I'm saying.
1: You want to have a read moment? No. Okay.
2: But I just want that to happen if possible.
1: You know what I heard on Twitter the other day? Someone said, okay, it's." I'm just going to paraphrase really badly, but the analogy was beautiful. It was about um, social media influencers. that were like, just oh, this BET panel thing. And um, Lala something um, talked about... Um, how people are can can try to withhold knowledge from other mm. influencers people doing the same thing that they're doing because they're afraid that they're going to use that knowledge and like beat them in the game mm. as opposed to being like free sharing with their knowledge or saying because if you are trying to um if you feel like you're starved and you're trying to prevent other people from eating all you're doing is like cutting yourself up at the foot because like I'm going, to, I'm going to learn this knowledge, whether I got it from you or not. Like, I'm going to learn mm-hmm. how to do the thing, and then I'm going to eat, and you're going to still feel like you're starving, even though we basically have the same amount of food in our plate. And I was like, that is really it. Like, sometimes your plate is a little bit fuller, sometimes the other person's plate is a little bit fuller. But if you feel like you're willing to share these things, then we all can eat and we all can do well, as opposed to, like, I'm starving or why don't I have as much? Like, your belly is full. Like, <laughs> that's sometimes what I also say to myself, like, actually, Jay, your belly is full, you don't necessarily need that thing that you feel like you need. Social media is telling me that you need it. Mm. So, like, know where that's coming from. Anyways, I wanted to show that. I'll post the actual clip online because it's way more poignant than what I said. Let's
3: see? Uh, Another task. He loves it. I don't
1: mind it. <laughs> I don't. What's the wrong with a
3: task? You're, like, not going to mind it until you're 32, and then you're going to be like, fuck this. <laughs> because
1: I have no problem. I, I do, okay, my thing is, like, if I I either really want to do it or I absolutely don't yeah. want to do it, if it falls anywhere in between, like, I'm also not going to do it. It's overwhelming yes or it's a no. Yeah. So this overwhelming yes thing is, like, I'm really interested in knowing who's going to, like, respond to these things. I don't mind the task as long as I love it. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, so we're going to do our dance union has a segment where we just finished the statement My Dance Union has um, and this is a way for us to dream about what a dance union will provide for us and it could be pragmatic and something that can be really applicable or it could be amorphous, not amorphous or a little bit more dreamy like um, My Dance Union has uh, I don't know, for some reason a base on the moon, that just came up to me
2: Wow Yeah
1: I don't know why that I couldn't. I could leave it. Talk I leave about it. dreaming. Yes, <laughs> I couldn't leave it.
2: Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I think that's great. Okay,
1: I'm glad you love it. I do <laughs> a base on the moon.
2: All right, yeah, that where there's uh, oxygen, always and gravity. Great. Uh-huh. Okay, you gotta specify. <laughs> yeah, right. Because because then you get that that base, and then it's right. not what you need.
1: Uh, right. Okay.
3: Okay. Um, does anybody? <laughs> Is
1: my dying to go first?
3: My dance union has full body agency and a million orgasms. Whoa! <laughs> we going, yeah, and we have to count them. They must be uh, accounted yeah. for. <laughs> Counted. Well, just the Virgos will be counting yeah. them in a corner. Was
1: that, was, that a, was that a full three point five? Yeah. Was that Four. an aftershock or was that a full <laughs> yeah. one in and of itself? Oh, no. Okay.
2: Max capacity. Stop bringing so much fierceness. Okay, I'm gonna go after that because I'm not. I'm not even skirt. All right. Do it. All right. So, my dance union has a space where people celebrate people, other folks' successes, even if it is not in direct relationship to them. So, mm-hmm. what I mean, I guess it's no one of my reads of, like, yeah. if if I or someone else is successful, but you weren't the cause of that success, All right. let's still be happy for that success. Yeah. Yes. Even though you did not,
3: you weren't responsible for it. You didn't have a hand yeah. in it. Get over it. Abundance 2019. All right. Yes.
1: Okay. Um, Little Little what does my dance union have? <laughs> yeah. um, my dance union has a um, system of anonymous reporting so that we can track and put names and numbers to um, sexual assault and abuses of power in the dance world.
4: Ooh. Okay.
1: Yeah.
4: Yes.
3: Was, yeah. <laughs> <You> okay, Mel. <Melody? laughs> That's good. Yeah. That is good. Yeah, yeah, I just,
1: yeah, I was, I think I, s- I mentioned it um, when we had Lily Bo on. Um, mm-hmm. The first mm-hmm. time Lily Bo was on, we talked about sexual harassment and abuse of power after um, being at the Gibney's talk about it. I think it was like, oh, it was last year. It was last year. Um, and that's one thing I suggested to all institutions is to implement some sense of anonymous reporting for those who are rehearsing in the space so that they feel comfortable to come to the office and just report it. Because part of the issue that we have with feeling as if we can't. Um, Get a crackdown on it is that we're not being able to get like hard figures outside of artists to be able to say, right, or this even vague figures. I are mean, there's vague? just like no one's there's, talking about it. N- yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was like, even if we can't immediately do something about it, being able to get the data and say, like, we can talk about trends, we could talk about names that are popping up really frequently, we could talk about, um, you know, are there high and low seasons, you know what I mean? Like, having that right. data does give us a lot of information and power. And I was like, we need to start collecting the data. And I think institutions you own this building um, or at least you're part of, you have some kind of like agency in this building. You can have that. So yeah, um, there's that. Uh, I think that was a great note. to yeah. end on The energy feels really great in the room. Yeah. now. Thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah. thank you all so much yeah.
2: for listening. Max capacity. Yeah.
3: Thank you for being in the thank building. Thank you so much for having me. This was really lovely. Oh, uh,
1: I love it. I, you're, and you're welcome back anytime. Oh. Yes. Really, really, really. And also, um, I think I feel a little bit more comfortable talking about sex. No, yeah. not Okay, not nec- necessarily sex, but pornography more specifically.
3: Yeah, let's keep talking about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes, let's talk about sex, baby. It Maybe has it very- to be. That is the. All right, Jay, make a note for yourself. <laughs> all right. Can't miss that cheesy moment. <laughs> That's <laughs> like the song. outro music. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Intro and both, outro songs are often the same song. Yeah. yeah. Intro song. That
3: song just never gets old. No. I loved that song when I was They really kid. were saying something. No speaking wonder. Speaking some
2: knowledge. Yeah. I still have my CDs. The yeah.
1: first, just um, just just like random tidbits. I'm okay, hungry. Okay, last thing. The <laughs> first, the very first piece I did in college was for a grad student who was um, working about talking about sex in mm-hmm. um, in their work, and she and one of the tasks that we had was to go on Craigslist and to like find uh, one, two, or three Ugh. different like search things <sighs> and R. to R. read Craigslist. Them. Right, right. And is it really done? Done?
3: Well, the personal site, the cruising okay. and personals are done. Okay, because of sesta Fasta. Yeah,
1: exactly. yeah. So, yeah, box we we had to bring those in and read them. And that was, like, my first, like, hard, like, into, like, okay, I'm really confronting with all the ways that I was brought up.
3: It's a hell of a way to start. <laughs> it yeah. was a
1: hell of a way. And she, the semester before, she was, um, she did a piece where she was um, on her back. There was other dancing happening, but her rose to be on her back, fully naked with a cupcake over her, um, over her vulva, uh-huh. and have somebody eat the cupcake. Uh-huh. And everyone was, so when I joined the piece like my freshman year, everyone was like.
2: Wait, was it on her vulva or just was it on her vagina? It was on her vulva?
1: Isn't the vagina on the inside and the vulva is the outside? Am I saying this mm-hmm. right? okay Okay. I just, I just want to make sure I said it right I blank yeah. okay okay Okay. Um. And, and everyone was like oh my god you're in that piece and then they were really excited to see the piece and my favorite part was that we were like simulating masturbation with like our arm and we were like doing <laughs> like <this laughs> our... so, yeah, that's I,
3: the gesture we should do at Malawi. the lobby. ah <laughs> my god okay let's <laughs> throw
1: it in there yeah okay
3: it's so flaccid okay <laughs> thank you so
2: much thank you so much for listening to another episode of the dance Bye. union podcast
1: you. you can um listen to us or no you can yeah you can listen to us on soundcloud apple music clearly because um, you doing it right now. Yeah. Um, as well as uh, Google Play Music. Also, this could be ripped and stolen to put somewhere else. You never know. Um, it's going to end up on Pornhub. It can, <laughs> you, can, you can listen to us on Pornhub. <laughs> and then
2: report it because it's like, this is not actually. Yeah, this is like, isn't.
3: I
1: wonder if I can release this on Pornhub. Mm, I we'll don't see. think
3: they have a podcasting stream.
1: But maybe I could just put like a black video up with the audio.
3: People be so hot at you.
1: would yeah. <laughs> be great, like, what
3: is this? I found the Beyonce concert no on Pornhub. Titties.
1: Pornhub is a great place to put videos that you don't want people to take down. So I found Beyoncé's Beach Love performance on Pornhub because who thinks to check there for a Beyoncé concert? Not Beyoncé's team. Um, and and um, you can also follow us on Instagram at The Dance Union as well as Facebook, The Dance Union Podcast. Please feel free to email us any questions, comments, or concerns at the Dance Union Podcast at gmail.com. And lastly, but also kind of most importantly, please make sure to check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash dance union. Thank you to our current um, donors. Supporters, backers, backers. backers. Hey, thank you are our current backers, backers
2: that ain't slackers, backers that ain't <laughs>
1: slackers. Much appreciated. Um, we are starting off our um backing support at one dollar, so you can go in and just like drop a single a month, and it really helps out tremendously. But please go and ahead we'll and we'll
2: help make us. it rain for the new year, through through the next year, or yeah, well, through,
1: through the, the year, through the year. Yeah, because we are also in the business of you know making sure people get compensated and hopefully eat because I'm
2: hungry, and <laughs>
1: compensated, not constipated. All right, I'm out. Um, <laughs> let's do a five, six, <laughs> seven, <laughs> eight. eight. We out. (laughs) Right. Five, six, seven, eight. We We out. out.
0: We out. out, We out.
2: Gonna play this on the radio. <laughs> and why not? Everybody have sex. I mean, everybody should be making love. Come on, how many guys you know make? Let's talk about
0: sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be
1: Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex.
0: I'll take a little bit.